Mental Health Bar. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, with me on the show today, we have the wonderful Imran Yusuf, comedian. Thank you very much for joining us. Imran, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great as well. How, how's lockdown been treating you? Uh, lockdown, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've endured it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, satisfied with myself knowing that I've dealt with it the best that I can and uh, it's not been perfect, but I responded to it by making sure that I maintain some form of like creative productivity um, yeah. throughout yeah. it. And um, yeah, I've come out with a few wins, um, such as this lovely little office that I've built for myself. When I say built, I mean, I've clean cleared out a room that we weren't using properly, <laughs> <laughs> filled it with books uh, that I'm going to pretend that I've read and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and That's the stuff like that. And um, yeah, and I've given myself a space i've got a space where i can be creative and get my work done and uh that's been a huge part of um a, a, a huge part of the progress that i've made is that i have a dedicated workspace that i didn't have before no i think that's important i think that um it's undervalued how it, and i know that there's some people out there that are not going to have the space to do things but i think no matter how small i remember being at uni in digs and having like the smallest tiniest room where if you open the door it hit the bed and, yeah, yeah. and and there was just enough room for like a wardrobe or even no it was just a chest of drawers so i used to have my computer on top of the chest of drawers and this was like two that year 2000 so you can imagine what the computer was it was this huge <laughs> thing and uh I, I was quite the only reason i had it was because my mom was working for mitsubishi so i got one of their old like like it was a 386 you know like it oh was my God. Even Three eight, no, come on! In two thousand, if you had a three eight six in two thousand, I mean, you were struggling. Oh, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. It, this thing, this thing was so like it, it was. It couldn't even interact because the internet was a thing then, but it wouldn't even interact with our like campus's server. It would, it would go. No, I can't. So I had to save everything on a floppy drive. I'd write it up in like whatever yeah. word was on three eight sixes, and then I'd take it in and put oh it in. Oh my the god! Campus. I mean, you should have at least been on Pentium two in the year two thousand. At least. You know, <laughs> oh my god, I remember it because in 2000 at home we had a P2 at home and P3 was like you know, or was like what was the one Big that you thing. should get. Um, and, and now we don't talk about Pentium anymore. It's, it's a word that no is no longer no. used in any you know, context. So you just said that. You just said that, and that's the first time I've heard someone say it in decade like my kids don't know what Pentiums are. If I say if I say we got Pentium, they'll be like, what? What type of metal oh, yeah, is that? Exactly. But when we were growing up, it was we had a four eight six at home, and four eight six was the standard, right? And yeah. then the five eight sixes were the Pentiums, and you're like, oh, I got a Pentium! Oh wow, he's got a Pentium! Ooh, it was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. <laughs> a big... But I remember having a computer and worrying that I was going to get like like it was going to give me radiation poisoning because the. <laughs> Do you remember the CRTs? You you, you turn off the CRT screen. It had the, it, it, so it was so heavy that the top of the bookcase, the, the not the bookcase, the chest of drawers it was on was bowing and oh. uh, like bowing, is it? But the TV, you turn it off and it would go, you know, it would crackle. Oh uh, yeah. Oh man, so they were yeah the big CRT monitors. They were wow. It it feels mm. it just I can't believe it. Like it's just a. Uh, that's what we were used to, these massive desktop computers that took, you know, ages to load, uh, uh, load up. But man, wow, you, you did you did that. And so you had a small room from which you learned to work from. Oh, that's that was, yeah, that, that's what I was saying, was that uh, even though I only had that, I made that tiny space and it was much better for my mental health, just having that little area. And I think that that's what we all need. And, and that's what you've done there is you've created your area with your book. I mean, I, I, have you got have you read all of those what's your this is not where uh, i was going with this conversation today uh, but uh, uh not many of them many of them like I, i'm quite uh, and that might sound like a bit of a cop-out but i have i've read quite a few of them that's all right all it's, um and, uh, it's nice i've just got a i've got a nice eclectic uh mix i've got biographies uh books on economics religion and spirituality per, a lot of personal development all of that is personal development up there yeah, uh, yeah. and then a, a variety of uh and then just lots of there's just a bit of everything over there, bit of everything, uh, including Jaws. Jaws, um, it's a great book. Yeah, 
it was 50p I got off, um, you know, the little on the South Bank, they've got like a little like secondhand booksellers on the South Bank <laughs> underneath the bridge. Um, I remember just on a stroll uh, after um, during my lunch hour when I worked around London Bridge, uh, I just saw Jaws. And I was like, well, I'm a big fan of the film. and I know everything about the film and I've never read the book and uh, 50p. So you can't lose. So why not? Yeah, yeah. And you've got, I can see some of uh, the originals up there. I can't remember who wrote that, but I've, I've read that. That's a good book. So oh, I'm Adam guessing there's some. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah, the originals. Adam yeah. Adam Grant. Adam yeah. Grant, that's it. Yeah. And a great book. Um, so self help books. So this is, uh, you, you said you've got self development books up there. Other, yeah. is, how, how do you feel about that? I'm See, I think that you can get really, really good ones and really, really bad ones. And when it comes to oh, mental yeah. health, there's a lot of them out there that yes. you should avoid <laughs> and there's a yeah um, i would i would definitely agree with that also i've done a lot of personal development courses i've done probably everyone you can think of right uh <laughs> i can think anthony, of two all right anthony <laughs> robbins Unleashed power within anthony robbins wealth mastery joseph mcclendon's the next step uh landmark forum landmark advanced course um john d martini's breakthrough experience richard bandler's uh, nlp uh week um and and then another one with uh, paul mckenna as well so i've probably done about i think about eight personal development courses yeah. in my adult life and 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 then i've got lots of books on them as well yeah. um and there is first and foremost you're very right that there are there are good ones and there's some very bad ones and i think the very bad ones are people who've gone to personal development seminars and then gone, I can repackage this and write my own book of how I overcame whatever I went yes. through. Yes, yeah. And yeah. and half, you know, with this half-baked thing, unlike someone like Tony Robbins, whose business and life has been committed to caring about people and learning mm. how to how the human being can reach its, its higher potential. So yeah. um, I'd say out of all of them, Tony Robbins is overall the best, overall. But then the overall. others have very other specifics that they focus on um, but overall, Tony Robbins, I, I think he's a legit guy. He's not perfect. Don't take all of it for gospel. Um, and that's a great thing he even says himself. He goes, you know, if this doesn't fly with you. It doesn't fly. Take what works. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I think he honestly does care about people, um, which is, you know, I, I think a rare thing in the world of business and, <laughs> um, and, and, and just maybe in the world right now, sometimes it feels... No, I think that's right. I think that's it. I think you have to be right about that. And the, we have to take the bits that work and you have to just be good about yourself. You can't just tr you, one person's idea is not another person's idea. It's not going to always work across the board. That's an absolutely yeah. correct. Like, thing he to... would want you to become a vegan. And I'm like, yeah, not happening, man. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like, no, I, I've tried. I've, tr I've been vegetarian twice out of personal. Mm. I, I felt guilty about it. And, you know, I had issues. And, uh, and, was, and then what happened? So yeah, I realized I was like, oh, you know what? We eat too much meat and animals aren't treated well. And that has to be addressed. That still has to be addressed. Um, and I've gone vegetarian. This on my second time I've been vegetarian. I started to look and feel ill. Right. And um, I was watching a document. I was just in the house and there was a documentary on about orcas. And um, in this pod of orcas, there was, there was an orca that they had adopted because this one of the orcas had um, a deformed tail, like a, like a congenital defect or that had caused it to grow into you know, an adult and therefore yeah. couldn't hunt properly. So they, they had adopted this orca. And I thought, wow, this is an amazing. And what they did in order to feed the orca, they would catch a fish, slice it in two and then and drop half the fish. So the one with the deformed tail could eat. And I thought, what an amazing, compassionate animal this creature is but then that's not how they catch their main meal no. how they catch their main meal is that they chase down a smaller whale until it drowns because Jesus. you know it can't because it, it can't get to air uh, can't get to air and then they eat it and in that moment i went you know what i hope you all end up in sea world jumping through hoops and then and then chicken and then i just went oh, oh, and Orcas aren't fish. Orcas are mammals. <laughs> Orcas aren't fish. You know what? You know what? You know, That's that, racism. That's fish racism is what I, you just did. I, I disagree. I disagree. Orcas and uh, whales and dolphins are fish. It looks like a fish. It lives in the sea. It swims like a fish. It's a fish. I'm not having this marine mammal nonsense, right? Like seals, marine mammals. They're doing it properly, right? <laughs> they're doing That's it properly. They live on but land. No, you're shaped like a fish. You're a fish. Right? <laughs> 
that is we that can, is definitely can, that's definitely discrimination. <laughs> that's definitely discrimination against. It, it like, is, and they need to get back in the sea, right? <laughs> where, where they belong. Gets porpoises. Uh, <laughs> this is not. See, I don't have. I, I I would love to go vegetarian or vegan. I honestly would. I would love to go full one of those. I have tried. It's not for me. I'm not that kind of. It took me this long to start liking fish. I've only just started liking fish. I've only like in the last three years started liking kind fish. Of uh, a big fan of sea bass, like sea bass. Um, is that I love fish. I don't know. It's white when you like, eat I mean, it. On the, the, the flesh. Oh, it's white. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I find white fish is easy to eat, like haddock and uh, pre uh, preferably cod for me. But yeah. like salmon, like the redfish, I find um, there's a. It's quite pungent and it's too much for me. Like I, my, my, it's overload. Oh, see, I'm okay with salmon, and I really like sushi now as well. So that's it's like my favourite thing. You mentioned that. I saw that tweet about yeah. sushi. Love like, it. Do I need to be converted? The idea of raw fish makes me go bleh. Same, same. And then I, and then we celebrated. I can't remember what we celebrated, but my wife was like, uh, "We need to go and try. You need to try sushi. You're going to like sushi." And like my whole life, I've been like, "No." I'm not going to do that. Definitely won't like it. And she took me to this place in Birmingham, Atoro Sushi. For those of you that, because we got people that watch in America and other Finland and places, so sorry about that. But if you're in England, uh, go to Atoro Sushi. It's the best thing in the world. It's this little sushi bar. It's only got six seats. So when we it opened up again during the pandemic, it was only allowed four people at any one time. Uh, so that was my family. So I had an entire <laughs> sushi restaurant to myself. And we, I know. And uh, it was so we we went there and it, it but it was it was oh it's the best. I, I just I don't know why I like it. I don't know why I didn't like it before. It's very odd, but it's the best. I'm very happy. So but anyway, because sushi you said that because you tweeted that, by the way, I just want because you tweeted that, right? Yeah. Um I, I've gone, you know what? I'm gonna try some sushi now. Oh, you because should. you tweeted because when the moment you said it, I was like, he feels the way I feel about sushi, but his feelings have changed now. Yeah. And so therefore, yeah. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. My, I've got this opinion that you are not the same person you were yesterday. So I, well, I always think that you start, so that you, you're a collection of experiences. That's what you are as a person. You're a collection of reactions to experiences. That's what you are. Uh, I, t yeah. I, I actually did a tweet about it as well. And I, I talking about your own tweets. Jesus, what are we on the Conan O'Brien <laughs> show? Uh, but did a series, of I, I tweeted out about it. Um, I don't have a career. I just have, I've just monetized a series of anecdotes and a desperate need for attention. That's what <laughs> was it. And then I got rid of that because I was like, no, that's self-deprecating. What, what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not into self, I think that self-deprecation is, uh, I think it's really, it just chips away at yourself. It's a privilege. Right. It's a thing, self-deprecation is a privilege of, for the rich. Rich people can be self-deprecating. Poor people can't be so. You can't be a workman who goes to a foreman and says, "I'm, I'm pretty shit at building, but I'll have a go." <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no, it's it's a privilege. A, 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 Jack Whitehall, great self-deprecating comedian, can go on stage and go, "Oh yeah, I'm a little bit goofy. I'm a little bit weird, and I'm bad in bed." And everyone's like, "Oh." Oh, Jack is so funny because everyone knows that at home he's been brought up by someone who is a billion a millionaire and he doesn't care it doesn't matter whereas the same working class comedian saying that it's it it projects the wrong kind of image for that it just chips away at yourself you're saying it out loud yeah but okay, yeah I see your point, yeah. see your point. you've got to be very mindful I think it's also a culture thing like um you know, uh, like Americans, you know, uh, I remember somebody, Mark Breslin, the, the owner of Yuck Yucks in uh, Canada, yes. says, you know, yeah. North America is the land of the overdog. Yes, that's the overdog, right. And, uh, and there, you know, and you've got to be, you've got to keep that in mind when you're performing here. I remember him, you know, um, uh, like to, um, saying that to me, giving me some advice. Uh, because what was the first time I was playing in Canada. And so whereas here in Britain, there's a Brit, it's really weird. Br British people have this quite, or British culture has this very reserve. There's a reservedness yeah. for yeah. most people, even though there's this great pride and glory in the military and Britain's past and uh, and all of that. That there's still also just day day to day in the street. You know, you 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 got to rein it in a bit. You got to wind your neck in a bit, which because um, it's a classy thing to do. That's why. But it gets to the point where you can self-deprecate so much where you're like, oh man, this is quite pathetic now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
it's too much it's too much. but that's you said that you see just when you said that that's the classy thing to do that's it's classy it's classy <laughs> that's what and, and i had an argument with someone on twitter about this yesterday because they were saying you should be self-deprecating because it's not good to be a braggart and i was like first of all it's not 18th century Britain who uses braggart anymore uh, but also it's a very British like you say it's very British they don't do that in Norway they just want you to tell them how good yeah. you are at a thing please tell me how good you are at this thing so yeah. I can assess whether or not you can do this thing I'm alright I'm alright that's, all right. that's the correct British answer I'm alright right. yeah, and right. that really means I'm the bollocks <laughs> that's I'm, what I'm, actually... I'm, better, I'm better at it than you think I am but if you were in <laughs> If I ha if I was there like oh, I need brain surgery and the neurosurgeon came over to me and was like ah well there's better I'd be like get the better one <laughs> don't don't yeah. be, don't you work on it ah, I'm all right I don't, I don't want you I want the best <laughs> whereas like it, and and I think and that's I think that's a that's a cultural thing and I think it is very much uh, built on. Uh, rich people being self-deprecating to each other in the like in the 18th century the you know all that time when we were like that and then it filtering down through the classes where the working class were like we need to behave like them because that is polite in oh, oh you uh, think so right. yeah yeah well then and then it's like well it's not classy to say how much money you, you've got it's not classy to tell someone in the workplace how much you're earning well no, what it does is it, and then what that does is help keep everyone at different pay grades. You know, you don't talk about how much you're earning with the person next to you. You don't realize you're earning 10% less than them. That's a, that's a, and it's all part, I think it's all part of the systemic classism in, in the UK. Well, that, that, but, the class system is something that I didn't know about or understand until I became a comedian. Like I, I right. didn't know like, growing up just because it, it's, it's, you, if you weren't told, if, if you weren't given the definitions of certain things in life, you wouldn't assume that they existed. So I'll give you the very earliest example. I remember being in school here in Harrow, and we were taught about sexism, right? And yeah. I'm like, well, what's that? Well, um, you know, men and women are equal, and you can't, you know, women, you can't tell a woman that her place is in the kitchen and that she can't do things that man can do. And I was like, well, I've never assumed that ever. <laughs> like I've yeah. never and but now it's in my head and eventually it would have you know i would have seen in the adult world what's happening but yeah, yeah. that's the first moment we're like okay oh all right okay and that was okay so don't be a sexist okay fine and then the girls in our class were like well we want to play football with the boys in the playground and immediately we just went you're all right like yeah. i mean they they were rubbish but like you know <laughs> it was the first time they were playing football yeah uh, uh yeah uh, uh, the girls that play football but we didn't go well you're not allowed to play that they they, they were like fine you want to play we, start just just play that we're not we're, there were no way going to stop you and then, then um it's i guess it's similar and then later on in life i learned about the class system and that's through comedy when i heard comedians talk about being working class i was like well what is that like, I don't yeah. know, what is, what is I, didn't, I didn't know what it meant. I just had no idea. And then suddenly, as I've grown older and I've done a bit of reading and going to museums and uh, and just trying to learn about how, you know, the nation was built, I was like, oh, wow, there's this whole class system. And I think Reginald D. Hunter put it best. There's a, you know, I think I only know one Reginald D. Hunter joke that I saw him do on TV. And he goes, the class system is a way to discriminate against people who look like you. <laughs> oh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. I remember it, obviously he said it in that deep dulcet tone uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. tones that he has that and is... I was like oh right okay so then that's what it is and now as an adult I'm aware of what the class system is but uh, as a young adult I remember just being at the comedy store like 27 years old I think I was 27 28 years old and uh I was explaining to Don I was like oh yeah my, my dad was an accountant my mom was you know was a housewife but we owned a corner shop or well it wasn't a corner shop but I owned a sweet shop uh and that's and he's like oh so you've come from quite a middle class background and I was like what is that <laughs> <laughs> at 27 see, I think that's a privilege I think that's a privilege to be able to to do that because I my my wife and I have this like discussion about class all the time because yeah. she tells me I'm middle class now I've got a southern accent so it it always sounds like I'm middle class but my I come from a single parent family where my mum was out 8 a.m. till 8 or 7 a.m. till 8 p.m., 9 p.m. every day working. We we had we got home when we were too young. We got home to babysitters because that's what we had to. And then as soon as I was old enough, I started looking after my brother. That was it. 
as soon as I got home from school. And my, but we went on holiday to France because my mum would get like the pound. You know when they used to do the newspapers, used to get a pound oh, ferry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she'd get like the pound ferry and then drive to the south of France. 24 hours just so it so we'd get like a like a holiday and lucy's like well uh that's that's middle class having a holiday isn't middle class my mum would take us to like the theater so that's that's a middle class thing but at the same time she did that because her work offered the ability she worked for mitsubishi and they used to do day trips to like places so but all so it's like a so i grew up very aware that we weren't particularly wealthy but we were doing all these things that were what the wealthy would be doing it was it my mom did everything she could she is exactly like mrs bucket you know mrs bouquet oh <laughs> that's an amazing show <laughs> i love that show my, like, my mom and my aunts loved that show because they they could see themselves in it even though they, they could see the same power dynamics yeah, uh, yeah. within their own community within the old you know, the uh, uh, you know uh, the asian community at large you go all right we're like that she thinks she's too good for her and you know she's ashamed that she's poor blah 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 yeah. Um, but the class, I, I, yeah, so I didn't know about class. We didn't grow up rich at all. Like, I, I think my dad did quite well, um, like, before I was born. And then when I was born, and then shortly after, things got tough. And, he, you know, he, he had a really good job being an accountant for, like, oil firms and whatever. Yeah, and then ended great. up, we, we owned a shop in Hackney and we owned a shop in Harrow. Um, I only, I, I, I was only about for the shop in Harrow, but you know, we lived behind the shop and on top of the shop. So we didn't have a proper house and a proper living room and we didn't have like proper things. It was all like survival mode in this space. And yeah. that's what we used to, but I had Nintendo. Um, I exactly. had, I had, and I would go, we didn't go on holiday, but we would, you know, like I had an active, I always had friends around. I'd always be, you know, going, going to karate, playing football, uh, yeah. playing video yeah. games. So there's this, but you know, people are like, oh, we're going on holiday. And I'm like, Ooh, fancy. Like fancy. Yeah. I, I, holiday. I, I mean, we would never go on holiday because it would mean closing the shop and you know, that, that would, uh. that, that, that would never happen. But, um, but so class is, um, something that I've only recently, what we, yeah, when I say recently, only something I became aware of in my, in, in, in adulthood. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, middle, what, what is, what is that? Like, what That's... does that mean? And I think listening to working class comedians really opened my eyes up to, you know, just the struggles. Yeah. Absolutely. That, you know, that they, they, they had to face. Um, and I'm like, holy crap. Well, in certain ways, I've, I've had it better than they did. Um, yeah. It's really tough. That just it opened my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's classism in the UK is really hard to, and I don't think, like you say, I don't think it's, it's you've got the lines are blurred, you know, where you, you can't just say, my mum used to call us upper working class. It was a very weird classification. Uh, she's <laughs> like, we're I've working class. I've heard that. I've heard that before as well. Upper working class. Upper I guess working you make class. your own distinctions. I'm just like, well, yeah. we're working class, but we've got it better than the other working class people around us, maybe. So maybe but yeah. we're not as good as, I guess, what you might think. Then there's lower middle class, maybe. I don't know. what. <laughs> just where does it end? Where does it end? They're just shades of grey. Shades of grey. But, okay, so that's your background. That's where you came from. You came from your Harrow, Corner Shop, Super Nintendo. That's why that one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, yeah. Friends coming over. You you come from a quite nice background, but you like as in a, a nice family. Do you had a good family? Um, well, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think. My my parents were always working, so yeah. we didn't get to we like once we so we lived in Hackney where we used to eat around a dinner table together. Yeah. But when we moved to Harrow and we had the shop and the shop was always open, we we couldn't eat together. So right. that changed the dynamic of, you know, uh, you know, there wasn't a family time to sit down to eat together because someone always had to be in the shop all the time. And so my dad would work. Uh, my mum would be in the shop during the day. My dad would go out to work. Um, and then when he would come back from work, he would take over from my mum and man the shop until like nine o'clock. So then my mum could go in and get dinner. So it changed and then um also my brothers are much older than i am like my brothers are like over 10 so they're like 10 years older than i am 10 11 years older than me so yeah. i don't there's not a what's the what's the word that it's not like we were you know we weren't pieces in a pod it was like they were like parents to me in 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 effect, yeah right yeah. and people that i could hang out with if that makes sense yeah, so absolutely. i had cousins instead that's i had cousins and my friends were closer to me so that's my family dynamic was uh i guess 
not in the way that I'd see my friends going, oh, their mum and dad, and they have dinner, you know, dinner around a table and they go on holidays or whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, we don't have that. We have it a different way. But um, I do, what I say, I do have a good family. I have an extent, I have a massive extended family, massive. Just there's loads of us. <laughs> it's just all over the world. Just on my mum's side, there's 50 cousins. Just on my mum's side. 50 cousins. Yeah. Jesus. Like, or, I don't know if that includes, you know, them and their kids, whatever, but it's just, it, either way, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. And cousins. we've got family in the States, in Canada, in Australia. Uh, when my brother was living in Japan, you know, that he, he was out there. So I've always had access to a big community through, yeah. uh, through an extended family and also lots of friends and family friends. Um, but yeah, we're Hackney to Harrow uh, with a bit of America stolen there. And, um, and, you know, here I am today. Here you are today. I love the idea that you've got like a Yusuf B&B, like an Airbnb, but it's for Yusufs. Like wherever you go, you're like, oh, we're going to Japan. Okay, well, we'll just, we'll just check to see if there's a yeah, flat that, there. That, that's how I got to spend five weeks there. It's because my, so my brother was, uh, so when I say stationed, his work meant that he had, he had to work between Singapore and Japan. And so right. he had an apartment in both places. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> five weeks in japan uh, oh, no. and because of my accommodation was taken care of but the thing is i ate very modestly um not that i eat loads but i would go into a ramen shop and a couple of you know bowls of ramen a day would suit me fine uh yeah. in tokyo and food there was really cheap like well, especially oh, right. when you're having you know a bowl of udon noodles with tempura and that's like more or less all i would eat oh well, why wouldn't you you're in japan other than yeah, sushi yeah. what are you having what are you having? Well, last, time, last time I was in Japan, I had one too many McDonald's. McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. So we went out. It was, I went out there with Sega, who I used to work for. And we yeah. went to, um, we went to uh, Tokyo and we went to uh, Yokosuka as well. And sometimes we're like, right, we just need to eat. And I, I don't, I just need to have the, I don't need any drama. I, McDonald's, I know what's involved. I know how to get it. I just, and I just want it. Um, and what was hysterical is because now Japan is opening up its doors to foreign labor, uh, but there's a limit. There's like, there's like, you have to be, you have to be an incredible, you have to be a super immigrant in order to get right. a job in Japan. And even for McDonald's and um, I'm being served at McDonald's by Indian guys from India who have learned fluent Japanese. And as they get there and they speak to me in Japanese, I'm like, no, Hindi or English, right? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> it's unnatural for us to talk to each other in Japanese. It's going to be Indian language or English language. <laughs> Normal languages. <laughs> Normal languages. Look, you, listen to you. People. You sound like a British tourist in Spain. Normal languages, but English. One oh, chip. If, if it was a Japanese person, I would use my limited Japanese knowledge to communicate with them in Japanese. But when it's an Indian person from India, right? I'm like, come, you know, come on. Like, well, I, I, I take great. Um, I don't like to use the word pride, but pride still. Just, I take great pride that I speak functional enough, good enough Hindi that I can speak to yeah. Indian people in India in Hindi and they understand me. Because uh, I, I feel like I'm, you know, like, hey, look, I've got. I've, I've retained my mother tongue and, uh, and, it, and, and it's good enough good. that people in India understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's good enough for that, then you can definitely order a McDonald's. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, was asking in Japanese, I was like, come on, man, this is not right. When I was in that same trip in Japan, I met a couple of journalists. One was English, white English, and the other one was uh, white Dutch. Right. Right. And I sat there and they're like, oh, hi, we're journalists and we work here in Japan for IGN. Uh, and we and we cool. do, you know, and we report back to the Dutch and the English websites, whatever. And I was like, cool. And, and then um, I, I stopped talking to them and I turned away and they started talking to each other in Japanese. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you talking to each other in Japanese? And they're like, well, because it's easy. I'm like, but you both speak English. And the Dutch guy goes, oh, well, you know, my, my Japanese is better than my English. And uh, then they just could. And it was a weird thing for me to see is to see two non-Japanese people, yeah. two Europeans yeah. speak to each other in Japanese. And I was like, wow all right i've grown today i've seen something i haven't yeah, seen yeah. before that is actually quite normal uh in tokyo it's quite probably quite normal in a lot of places where they're like my english isn't as good as my i don't know yeah. esperanto that isn't a good chance uh, esperanto. <laughs> yeah. well, it's just, i've been to the netherlands dutch uh, people on mainland mainland europeans or yeah. you know people who, who who've not suffered a brexit right yeah um, <laughs> 
their English is great. They they seem to think that it's not. And I'm like, well, I understand you, and you you know you you're making a point, and there's no problem. But maybe it's a confidence thing. Yeah, it's better that it's obvious. It's usually better than like residents. Like I, I've, I, when I spent time in Norway, I was talking to people and I was like, your English is better than mine. You, you speak, you use words that I would never, that are actually better, but I <laughs> would, I would fill the, 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 I'd fill it with colloquialisms and like, oh, you know, that, that kind of stuff or that thing. And they would yeah. be like, no, that is the dragon fruit. And I'd be like, that spiky bastard, you know, <laughs> that would be like, the, uh, it's just that their English is just so much better. Yeah, like well, that, that's also weirdly in India as well. Indian people speak better English than, than anyone here. It's oh, weird because they, they just go for the true. biggest words because they, they've just eaten the dictionary. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think maybe it's the upshot because it's one of the fastest, or I think the fastest growing economy in the world or the one of the fastest, definitely. Yeah. There's, there's there's a hustle by india's middle classes to go learn 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 hustle 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 and i'm like wow this is really impressive this is quite impressive um uh, you know I, I would love to learn a third language and be as good as you know a native speaker you know i'm trying better. to learn japanese but it's so hard it's it gets so hard <laughs> so quickly so quickly especially when you already know two other languages that are different completely different to it uh, but that they that was luck like so at home we spoke urdu uh which in urdu and hindi are, are somewhat they're, they're not identical but they're so similar that when i speak when i speak what i think is urdu indian people in india go no you're speaking hindi <laughs> right okay <laughs> okay well it works so it works that's all that matters <laughs> is that it works um and then english i learned uh by i remember going to so in hackney there was a little it was a little what do you call it a nursery it was a nursery right? it was there a nursery and i remember trying to the people who work at the nursery they're not teachers they're nursery people yeah um nurses. Nursery, nursery nurses uh, yeah nurses they're actual nurses they are nurses yeah that's the, the name <laughs> oh, really okay nursery uh, nurse yeah that's what you want the ladies there and i remember trying to talk to them in urdu and then actually saying to me we don't know what you're saying and then slowly just by being around other kids i picked up english by the time i was three four years old um and and here i am now at, as you know the language that i use for the most part of my life i only speak you know urdu at home uh, with my i guess with my mum, uh elderly relatives and sometimes with mickey sharma and atif nawaz um, <laughs> other comics yeah other co well, we've got a little game we've got a little game atif speaks perfect urdu like perfect urdu right right and uh mickey speaks perfect hindi and then i speak something in between them both and so when we talk they all both of them laugh at me because <laughs> <laughs> it's like a franken language it's not yeah, like, a... like i've got the, i've got this thing in the middle um and it's it's just good fun it's just uh it's it's good fun i think languages are definitely uh other to, to, to a skill to to have they say that people with more than one language have a, a more stable people. That's 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 what the statistically they are happier think, individuals. Really, I, I think what I had read somewhere that apparently being bilingual or more can actually uh, prevent the onset of something like Alzheimer's. Possibly. Alzheimer's, or, uh, dementia. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Um, possibly. Um, but saying that, I, I guess my parents really. My parents speak like five languages. Um, Jeez. But, you know, they were, I guess it's where, you know, so it'd be in uh, Hindi, Urdu, Gujarati, Swahili, and then English. Um, wow. Swahili? That's, yeah, I mean, Swahili out of... Because, yeah, because we're from Kenya. We're, 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 we're oh, the Indian up in East Africa. And then, so they grew up, they were born there. They were born in East Africa, so they learned Swahili. Yeah. And then the English being uh, um, the last one. They didn't teach us Swahili. So every time Swahili is spoken in our house, I know they're talking about me. <laughs> i'd love that i'd honestly i would love that if we had a, if me and my wife had our own language that the kids didn't know i'd uh, yeah. oh so good we need to you know what we need to get them out of the house we need to get them out of the house for 10 minutes we just need to um just like you just need a little one yeah i've got um so my girlfriend is from mauritius and so she speaks creole and wow. uh and 
And but the thing is, her parents speak uh, Urdu and Hindi as well. So her parents speak the Indian languages and Creole and English. So when I've met her parents, I speak to them in uh, the Indian language and she doesn't know what's going on, which is a great I get advantage <laughs> for me to have. Like I can talk about her to her parents without her cottoning on to what's going on. And then she'll be like, I know what that word means. I actually know what that phrase means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you saying now? So it's a, it's a nice little, I've got a little, you know, kind of private line to her parents. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could talk about her presence in front of her. What she want for a birthday? Oh well, she yeah. loved. Yeah, and you could just do it in front of yeah, her. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly that. I'm going to circle back to something because uh, I want to talk about it, and and I realised that we've already been talking for quite a while. Um, you said you work for Sega. You, video yeah. games, huge part. I know you're a comedian, and we, we we've talked about being a comedian, but uh, big video games, huge part of your your life. So what I, I want to talk about. Uh, in a minute about how video games are beneficial for people's health mental health but i want to talk about your experience with video games what what's happened what's your timeline you've got super nes in harrow oh, before that i grew up um so in ha when we when we were in hackney my brother had a zx spectrum 81 Z wow. uh, yeah the zx 81 spectrum where he was and he was you know he had that to learn coding right uh, to yeah. learn what whatever you needed to learn to do uh, whereas also it had games so i remember being about maybe four or five years just really young so um and um playing games on it you know you have a joystick that have like four buttons on it all the buttons did the same thing um <laughs> you play games and i loved it and then my uncle gave me his commodore 64 yeah that was my first computer uh, yeah and um and i loved that and i only had like a handful of games on it uh for, for that two of them were in cartridges uh, the rest were all on tape tapes um and then and then I got a NES. When I was 11, I got a NES yeah. and put in Super Mario Brothers. And the moment I heard, did it, did it, did it, did I remember the moment I just went, when I grow up, I'm going to make these. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I want to make yeah. these games. And then, um, and then pretty much it was like an extreme thing. Like uh, after that, I became a, I've got all my old consoles. I know everything <laughs> there is to know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and eventually got to the games industry. Um, and but your question is about how they're related to mental health, I guess. No, well, um, I was going to just an organic way of getting there. I wanted to see. So you 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 playing video games your whole life, and you've been yeah. uh, and you you went into the industry. Were you actually making games in the industry? What were you doing in the uh, industry? Yes, I, will, I, will, I never became a games designer at first. One, so I failed my GCSEs because I was playing too many video games. Also, high school, like secondary school in this country, was it is not something that works for people like me for a person who needs to learn the way that i need to learn yeah. i can't just be put into a uniform and be screamed at like it's just not going to work no. it worked at karate because i enjoyed that right but it didn't <laughs> work in school right yeah, um, yeah and um i went on to college dropped out of university and went right i'm just getting a job in the games industry and i got one i made it happen like when you when you really want something when you truly not when you oh i would like that when you're like man i have to have this by the end of the summer, I got a job in the games industry and I started off as a games analyst, which was the company's fancy way of saying the gopher boy, right? right. Um, so, and then I worked my way up into becoming an assistant producer. Uh, then I quit, took some time off and came back to the games industry as a tester. So I came, like, I, I took a drop, made amazing friends and, um, and then did that for a while, freelanced assistant, produced something and then comedian. But um, I think the impact games really have had one, it's great escapism. It's yeah. great. It's great, safe escapism. Even the violent games, great escape because you don't do, you know, I, I, you know, games don't create violent people. Like if you're, no. if you're a wrong one, you're, you're going to be a wrong one, right? You're a wrong one. Yeah. I've played yeah. loads of Mortal Kombat. I've shot and hurt a lot of people in the virtual <laughs> world. I would never, like, I get upset if I upset somebody, if I hurt somebody's feelings. Even if mm. even if they deserve it, I find go oh, no, that you know that's not quite nice. Well on it, don't you? So yeah, it's great escapism, but it's also, but it's also to understand the word escapism feels loaded at times of trying to you know shirk responsibility, whereas what it can also be is to for your mind to engage in these amazing worlds. You know, when yeah. you go into a video game, you're part of its lore. It's like, I guess, Star Wars. When you don't just watch Star Wars, you're in Star Wars. You yeah. understand how the Star Wars universe works and what the Force is and who the Sith are and who the Jedi are. And if you're really, you know, into it, who the Jedi Bendu is, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the guy who's in the middle between the dark yeah, and the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, grey Jedi. Uh, 
Yeah, and there is um. So there's this, it takes you to an amazing place and it opens up your imagination of the possibilities of, of, of things that you can experience within this digital world. And that, that is fascinating of like, you can just live, you know, not, you have to live in the real world, but when you go into a video game, your mind expands in, in a way and you think of all these amazing possibilities. And so I think it's, and also great for your hand and eye coordination, which might sound like a euphemism. And, you know, of course it is, but it's great, I guess, for your it helps develop your 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 you know motor skills and your brain in a certain way. I think if you're good at playing video games, you'll it, it's it's good for your brain effectively. Yeah. You're exercising your brain because you're not just jumping around on a screen. You're actually solving mathematical problems. Every game is just a massive puzzle, dressed mm. up to look like um, you know like a play. But it's actually yeah. you're right. How do I solve this problem? And that's what life is. Life is full of problems that you have to solve. Even if it is opening a door, you need a key, right? <laughs> Going to the shops, earning money to pay for the things. Life itself is a variety of different puzzles. And I think video games uh, actually help you develop those skills, at least in your mind, in yeah. a safe, you know, kind of uh, in a safe way where you can jump off buildings and not hurt yourself. Well, that's see, that's it. Jump off buildings, not hurt yourself. You can take your frustrations out on your boss. You can all the things that you know. Going through a divorce, so you get the Sims and you wall them into the basement. You know, not that we've done this, um, but name it after your ex. Um, no, but the, the, so studies have shown. So this was the thing: is there's always this thing about Grand Theft Auto and people bringing it up, uh, and uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto is responsible for carjackings. So that was the latest one last year, uh, but uh, which I think is amazing because I, I I have I have been driving. Uh, I've been playing a lot of truck simulator recently and i haven't once i haven't once gone and grabbed a truck and taken a load of paper to plymouth like that's not happened i've not been like i did get a hat made there's a hat up here that i made a trucking hat that's about as far as i got but um uh, I, I they, they they're always this grand theft auto thing they bring up and studies have actually shown that people who play video games uh, while are more likely to have mental health problems, are actually also more able to deal with complex situations. And the mental health problem is, is a false equivalency because it's the, as you say, it's the escapism thing, where someone with a mental health problem is more likely to seek uh, a an activity that has an escapism element. Dungeons and Dragons, role-play games, uh, computer games, uh, sports, you know, if you, you're actually more likely to find, to go looking for that. It's weird that these are, these all compare together. Uh, you know, like sports and video games, people just don't, you don't think that, that that's similar type, but they're similar types of mindsets. The person that plays Call of Duty is the same one that's going to go on the, is like a similar mindset to the one that goes and plays football on a Sunday. That's, yeah, yeah I, 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 that's exactly what I do. Like I was playing, you know, before lockdown, I was playing football on Sundays and playing video games. Um, and I guess, you know, and you, that's what it is. whether you, if, and you know, I see it at football, when I play football, I'm not aggressive and I'm not shouting. I, I play, I play, uh, I play properly. Like I can be, you know, I'll, you know, get in there, get dug in on the tackles and everything, but I don't shout at people or put people down and get angry at people. And some guys do, some guys think that's, that's their outlet. Yeah. at football yeah. is to shout at other people because they've not marked the man and they let the person get away and they're rubbish in defense i was like no it's just meant to be fun and so it's not the sport that or the video game that creates that behavior it's whatever else they've got going on in their life <laughs> yeah yeah it's um, we've all been in a we've all been in a um we've all been in a, a first person shooter lobby uh where we find out that some 12 year old chinese kid fucked our mom that is <laughs> that is i think that's how i found my real dad that was uh, that's, that's it but <laughs> but you so have you'd say would you say that video games had a positive impact on your life i know that i keep bringing it back to this but oh, it's entirely you, absolutely yeah. entirely video games have had a massive positive impact on my life because i was like look just look at the art listen to the music play the game and enjoy the experience that yeah, yeah. when you become good at a video game it's so much fun when you're good at a game like it's I've seen people who aren't, you know, who don't play games, they try to play a game and they're not, and they're just not into it and they suck and they don't enjoy it. But though I think those of us who have grown up and instantly, the moment I pick up a game, like it doesn't take me too long before I figure out, you know, what the controls are. Unless it's a Hideo Kojima game because I still don't know what's going on. Like I, I don't think I don't think he does. <laughs> I think Hideo Kojima makes him to challenge himself. He's like, Oh god, yeah. there's a baby. Like, How many, you know, I'm there, my fingers are being contorted over the joypad to like open up yeah. a menu. 
It's, it's like mad. it's like Dance Dance Revolution, but for your fingers, where you have yeah, to like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like friend of mine who loves kojima games and because he understands how to play them and i'm like look i can't it's too much hard work for me but i pick up a zelda pick up a mario pick up a metroid uh, mm. a call of duty and i'm in there within seconds um and it's an it's if if you're if you don't play video games you're missing out right now like yeah. it's like um, when art first came about when people started painting stuff and like putting stuff on exhibitions and you didn't go you were missing out yeah like, yeah you were, when music became was when music was being performed and then you could listen to it and you know get it on different mediums if you weren't part of it, you were just missing out yeah. and video yeah. i feel that about video games are an art and because i guess they've grown out of something that is was seen to be infantile and for children right mm. uh, there was a stigma around it but now you look at the games industry the kind of people who work in it the and the people who play, and those of us who now who've become adults i haven't stopped playing games because i'm 41 I'm like, no, this is the upshot. If you're an adult gamer, when you have kids, buying games is going to happen anyway. It's oh, yeah. never going to be like, you oh, know, yeah. it's going to happen anyway. It's You're going to make it out, it's for them, but really, you know, it's for you, right? Yeah. Or if you're yeah. not an adult gamer, <laughs> when you buy that game, it's not for you at all. It's entirely no. for no. them. Right? It is. It is. I got a Switch. Well, I didn't buy the Switch. I got, they saved up for a Switch, and I can oh, tell okay. you now. That is, uh, it was after, actually, it was after UK round. That was at UK, oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, UK. When you, on my Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was after UK round and you let them play. And they kept telling, they kept saying, oh, that guy came over. And I was like, Ibran. And they're like, yeah, the, the Switch guy. And I was like, the Switch <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then they were like they were wanted to save up for it so they saved up for it and i was encouraging it because i wanted a switch but i couldn't justify the expenditure and i, and they, I was like yeah save up for it and then they got it and they're like oh it's good they must play it like once a month whereas i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i buy them games oh i bought you a game what is it the witcher you're not allowed to touch it don't touch it <laughs> Yeah, don't touch it i'm taking the cartridge with me yeah um, you're not old I'm, enough yet i'm quite lucky as well my girlfriend is a gamer and she watches anime and so like oh, i've got go. like we we swap you know we're like oh what are you watching i've got this game are you playing this it's like we, we've got that perfect. going on and that so that's going to be the perfect household you know the kids are going to have games uh that will that that they can play but will officially belong to me you officially <laughs> belong to you i was gonna say they belong to you and your partner just they're like can no, we no, have no. a go now you're like yep tomorrow just hand on face <laughs> palm them out the way this is this is i'm being really serious when i say this and it might sound over the top um <laughs> right i think kids should learn to play um one second one second okay just leave it there it's fine i'm delivering one of his kids yeah i've got a delivery i've got an amazon prime delivery um I think kids should learn to play the games that I grew up playing and complete Mario Brothers. No saves, no no none, none of the nonsense today. No rewind, no golden ticket. You've got to learn and you've got to be as good as I am effectively. And you've got to learn to complete the games that I did with the conditions that I had to meet, right? Yes. And Mario Brothers is going to be is going to be the top of that. I've got a nephew who's incredibly good at Fortnite, which is a skill. Definitely a skill, right? right. Uh Mario Brothers, he was struggling with, and I was like, "These are proper games, right? It's proper games. <laughs> proper games. I love the way saves, right? You had to play it in one go and complete it straight through, straight through. You can't, you can't go, you can't go away. You can't have a Wii. You have <laughs> got, you can, you have to finish it. I did the same thing. We've got a NES upstairs. I, ma I made them go through it. So we've got like a NES, uh, and then yeah. we've got an Xbox, uh, and then we've got an Xbox 360. We also have a Mega Drive and a PlayStation One, and I made them go through all of those. And then they were allowed. And there's a PlayStation That's 2. Parenting. Just taking That's them stage. But from like, from young, so I didn't let them do it. It wasn't like, okay, this week it's the NES. It was like, this year, you are <laughs> going to be playing the NES. <laughs> and they're like, this doesn't seem like the right kind of games. It's 2010. And I'm like, get back. <laughs> they're, like, they're teenagers now, so we, they're a bit older. But they, they, then they were like, this is it. PlayStation 2 was where we got, they were like, this is peak. And I was like, Spider-Man 2 was there like, this is, so oh, this right. is starting to get there now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're nearly, we're almost, you're not even close. There's uh, also a correct order to show them Star Wars. Yes. Oh, oh, I have a story about that. I yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> uh, I, I, Star Wars, we, we did the whole, 
Right, so we're going to go and watch the first... What was the one about? Force Awakens. Force yeah. Awakens. And we... what? So I was like, we're going to go see Force Awakens when it comes out. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I was an original Star Wars fan. I didn't like the new trilogy, uh, but the, the old trilogy. Anyway, we watched 4, 5, and 6. We finished 6. So we finished Return yeah. of the Jedi um, half an hour before we're off to go and see The Force Awakens. So okay. we finish it. Because I'm like, if you're not going to know what it's about otherwise, we're going to have to watch it. So we watch it. We head to the cinema. The first scene, and uh, it, it turns on, and Leia comes up on the screen. And my eldest goes, what the hell has happened to Princess Leia? Because it's been 30 years. and But for them, it's been half 30 minutes. So she's like, what the hell? Because it doesn't say 30 years later or anything. It just like you would know you and me would know but they yeah. were going what's happened to han solo i'm like oh he's he's and chewie hasn't aged in that so yeah, and not at all not a single gray hair nothing, <laughs> nothing. Just, he just looks like wookies obviously live like a lot longer than people 400 years wookies live 400 years uh well because that's wow. a, uh, so I know, I know this because I've been on um, I've been on a uh, Rick Haran's a great comedian has yeah, does a yeah. show called Star Wars versus Star Trek yeah, and I and, yeah I've done that as well I love oh, that show I, I'm always Star Wars and I'm not a big fan but I've had to read up on it but Wookie, it turns out that humans are like Wookie dogs so Wookies keep humans like dogs so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the the that he'd gone through a human. So I I, I love the idea that he's that Wookie's like uh, the uh, Chewie's like oh no Han Solo's dead. Where am I going to find another person <laughs> that has such a nice ship? Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. So I've derailed it, but uh, I've, oh, I've no, derailed. I love this. this is really important. This is a really important topic because in like thousands of years from now, Star Wars will. Under, be the religious underpinning of how every of, of like the majority of the world will understand reality right yeah yeah like and, and it all start oh, a long time ago and then there'll be there'll be fundamentalist groups going no the right order is four five and six one two and three and then if you want but not compulsory seven eight and nine right yeah, yeah, which yeah. is which, which is the school that I'm going to start, right? And then they'll be like, no, you need to do it chronologically. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And they'll go, no, those people, they're apostates who believe in telling yeah, yeah, the yeah. story in that yeah. order. That would okay. be it. That'd be it. And then you'd have like Scientology that likes the Ewoks Christmas special. They're like, that's the, <laughs> that's the true religion right there. The singing, the Christmas, the Wookiee singing. That's... Yeah. And, um, and, and that's what, you know, in 2000 years, that's, going, that's what people are going to be facing. That's what they're going to be facing 2000 years. That's what, that's what people are actually going to be facing. And like, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure I write it down in like a, a book for my great, 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 grandchildren. Just go, the correct order is four, five, six, one, two, three. The time's capsule so that people pull it up. Open smoke billows out. There's a, what it, there's a Darth Maul, there's a Darth Maul like bath soap dispenser as a statue. So, uh, another story about so this is star wars has permeated by life my mum bought like five of those darth maul uh bath soap dispensers that's why it's stuck in my head because she was of the generation where if you bought star wars toys they were an investment like if you yeah. if you had them still so in yeah. my in my in the home of my mother where i was born uh and lived for a decade well a decade um there is several still new in box, new in box Darth Maul bath soap dispensers <laughs> that she believes, or I don't know if she still believes, but she strongly believed were going to be her retirement fund at some point. Well, okay, not necessarily her retirement fund, I think, but eventually maybe somebody's retirement It's going to be a lot. There's a lot of Darth Maul soap dispensers and... Wookie banjos and all the stuff around it. Surprise! Who kept them though? It's all about who keeps it. Like I just think, um, you know, this. I, I, I'm I'm trying to think of something I've got that's super rare that will. Uh, oh, I, I guess if I if I may show off. Yeah, you can show off. So I managed to get a signed copy of the original Killer Cut CD of Killer Instinct, the video game Killer from Instinct. Robin Beanland. So the composer of the music in the game signed that yeah. for me, and it's sealed. Like, not only have I got it in this Perspex case yeah. that barely stays on, but it's sealed. 
and so i mean that's not going to be my retirement but it that's going to be worth something like that fingers crossed the 90s um i that's guess amazing. maybe that might be the most oh and also you can see that there i don't want to pick it up but that's a original animation cell from an anime called hajime no ippo and it's one apparently apparently it's one of the last hand-drawn animation cells before they all went digital oh wow so that's a pretty cool that is a pretty cool thing to have back there that's yeah. from the anime, yeah. So, um, and a friend gave me that as a gift uh, many, many years ago. So, um, yeah, you, 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 you never know. Some, and I think never start, know. yeah, original, the original. Like, if you had an original Luke Skywalker toy figure, yeah, from yep. 1970, whatever, what would that be worth now? I'm sure, pretty. Twenty five thousand pounds is what they were. Yeah. For the figure. Yeah, for the figure. It's in the box. It's in like the blister pack. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they're worth a lot. They are worth it. I know these things. This is, we were talking about this earlier, and I, that's one of the, I retain weird information like that. Useless. Absolutely. What am I doing with that? I don't have a Luke Skywalker minted box, but if I ever see one in a charity shop, I'm there. Just straight <laughs> yeah. a pound. Yeah, definitely that. Oh, no, I'm done. Uh, but yeah, I was worried when you picked up the anime cell, I thought you were going to be like, and this is an original Urasaka Doji cell. And I was like, oh, God, that's the, the first hentai, uh, the first like oh, weird oh. tentacle. Oh, Japanese. right, no, I don't, I don't think I would have, yeah, I, I, I definitely would, I, I hope my friend wouldn't have bought me something like that. Uh, no, 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 I don't think it is, I've never seen it, but I think that, you, I, I thought you were, when you were going to be, I was like, what's he going to say? Because we, we have had other people on there and they started, you're like, oh dear, don't say, don't say those words. Uh, but yeah, so, circling back, we've been talking for nearly an hour now, and we've discussed mental... I've had fun. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, mate. Um, have you, this is a quick one, last bit. Have you, during your life or during, I'd say during your career, the mental health bar is supposed to be for people who uh, see have a mental health problem and see that you can cope with it and still get past it. That's what this is for. Uh, I'm bipolar. That's as far as I know, that's, that's what it was supposed to be, but you know, it, it it might change in the near future, according to my doctor. But I, I've I've got a successful career and and a life. It hasn't been easy, but it, it, you you can get through it. it. You you don't. I don't. I like coping rather than overcoming because it, it's chronic. You know, you never go. Have you suffered from mental health problems? And if you have, um, even if it's just anxiety or depression or something like that, uh, temporary. What did you do to overcome them? That would be my last. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I grew up being told a lot that I wouldn't, you know, that I wouldn't achieve anything, I wouldn't do well, um, uh, especially I think in my teens, and I found, you know, high school very stifling, but I had outlets such as karate and video games. But in terms of mental health issues, I think I went through a proper depression in my 20s, after having started in the games industry, made loads of money, uh, well, a lot of money for me. Like a lot, I was like, wow, I've, I've got all this money. I never thought I'd have this much money. And I felt invincible. And that made me maybe a little bit arrogant. Um, yep. And yep. then the tough times came. I lost all the money that I made. Uh, I couldn't get a job back at the same level. I was really struggling to get my stuff life together. And I wanted to be a comedian. And I wasn't very good when I started out at all. Um, and in my, you know, in my head, I was like, I should be a star by now. And, and that's not, you had to, yeah. I had to pay my dues and learn my craft. Yeah. Um, yep. And what it got, I remember I was at Sega and I was feeling really, I was feeling so, I remember just waking up and just feeling miserable. And then I'd get to the train station and I'd see a colleague of mine and I'd try to avoid him because I know that he'll smile at me and he'll strike up a conversation. And I don't want to talk to him. So I'd go avoid him and go find another part of the train to sit on. Yeah. And I'd do that. Yeah. And I remember when that went on for one too many days, there was this moment where I went, I'm waiting for something to come and save me. I'm waiting for, you know, the God, the divine, whatever, just to come in and go, I'm fixing your problem for you. And it wasn't coming. And I realized in that moment, if nothing's going to change until I change it, yeah. like I have to do it, it's me. And in that moment, I focused on going, right, I need to make sure that everything I perceive, everything that comes into my eyes and into my ears and comes out of my mouth has to be positive. And I, more or less hotboxed myself into positivity went right i bought myself an ipod and i just put loads of positive music on it and i listened to nothing but positive music uh, on the way to work and on the way back home um i w started watching anime and so the hajime no ippo uh 
um it's a boxing anime and my friend lent me the same friend who bought me that gift lent me the dvds to that anime and i started watching that and that started perking uh, perking me up and making giving me a fighting spirit you know to head on to my problems and and then um and then i learned about tony robbins and when i first saw him i just thought charlatan look at this liar trying yeah. to make money out of people um but he kept on appearing on my radar like i don't know and this is before surveillance capitalism algorithms right <laughs> he just kept yeah. on appearing like on radar and so i bought one of his programs and i was like oh my god this is genius like i wish i had this when i was younger um and and so that's how when things were really tough and i felt you know everything had gone wrong lost all my money couldn't get a girlfriend couldn't get you know just everything was going wrong um i picked myself up from it when i decided like much like yourself in a conversation we've had when you're like I'm the one who's going to change. I deserve more. I deserve better. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to settle for this horror show that I'm going through and it doesn't have to be like this. And, you know, I, I know it's what you said in your language there. It's about, it is a chronic thing. You do overcome something, but then, you know, when you become strong enough to overcome something, something stronger comes along to overcome you. So then you can overcome that. So life yeah. is, life is always going to be full of problems. And all you can do is, is continue to build your strength with joy and dignity because you deserve it no one's going to come around into your life and tell you you shouldn't wait for someone to come around into your life and tell you that you need to tell yourself first it's and true. and and i've spoken to a few people um about you know how they went from struggling to really succeeding and essentially it was like when they learned to love and respect themselves life yeah. changed but it had to it had to start with them the language you use to talk to yourself has to has to stop being i can't i you know i'm not worth it i'm not good enough all of that has to go because that self-love i know it sounds really schmaltzy a bit too saccharine but it has to start with you you have to you know when i say self-love don't you know start <laughs> like it's yeah just you know truly you know Think about a person you love and you respect, someone you look you look up to, going around that that guy. And I, you know, just the more I learned about you, Chris, uh, after we met and seen what you've overcome from what you've told me and through the stuff that you've put out on social media, I'm like, this guy, no, like you've overcome a lot, right? You've and you've learned through self love, self respect to get yourself where you are now. And it was such a joy to meet your family and to see how switched on like your girls were, you know, they were like, I want to be an engineer. I want to be an astronaut. And they were kids. And I'm like, wow, these kids are switched on. You've done a great job raising them. That's so right. you're That's an right. example of that. You're one of those people that I, I often, I often, there's, you know, I'll talk to people going, oh, you know, I've got a friend. Uh, he went through this uh, without mentioning your name, just got, you know, give an idea of like, this is where he was. And then you should see him now. And the, you know, the, the, just um how you you know you got yourself into shape because that's something you wanted to do and that you know whenever you post on instagram or on twitter about the things you have just done a 5k i've just you know i'm doing this it's that's great like i'm so i'm happy for you but i'm also happy that you have a following that are benefiting from what you're doing because you're not necessarily trying to sell them uh, you know just here's my here's my program you can only achieve happiness through my program you're not you're just going this is what I've overcome and you can overcome it too. You know, you've not done it with, you didn't win the lottery and suddenly just have like a team of people come in to solve all your problems. No. Um, but the lottery you did win was the lottery of self-love. The lottery of self-love. Well, it, it, it's an <laughs> ongoing process. I, that, do you know what, that's here. The thing is, you say that it's just like, I'm, it, like I, I'm now just blustering because that's lovely of you to say, buddy. That's really nice of you to say. Yeah, um, and, and but... I obviously, I wish, you know, you write a book about it. Like, I know that there's, you know, issues around it all, but oh, yeah. when you are able to, or what in whatever capacity you can, you should write a book that I think will help um, a, a lot of people, that uh, a lot of people um, who, who, who need it, you know. I think I, I grew up watching Jackie Chan films, which was a big deal yeah. for me. What? Because also, I, I think maybe because I grew up in Hackney, it didn't matter to me that there were there weren't people on TV who didn't look like me, or, or sorry, who did who did look like me. Like there was no Indian Muslim hero on TV, and it didn't matter because Jackie Chan. Right? I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't look at it and go, "That's only for Chinese people." I just thought, "Well, I want to do that. I, I want to become that kind of person." Like yeah. that, you know, that's what I'd want to want to do. And that alone, just to, you know, and ultimately, Jackie Chan's philosophy in his films and in his life is 
when you lack, because he came from, you know, he was poor. He didn't come from money at all. Mm. It's when you mm. lack all the bells and whistles and all the money and all the muscle and investment, as long as you have a lot of heart, you'll be okay. And that's, that's why he's got to where he's got to is because he always had a lot of heart. And, um, and it's amazing, you know, how we can transform ourselves when we tap into, you know, the millions that we have in here, as yeah. opposed to, you know, trying to seek the millions outside of us. Yeah, and no, that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a really nice way to put it. Millions inside of us instead of the millions outside of us. I really like that concept of it. Oh, that's nice, man. Thank you very much for that. That's a really nice fight. Like, we'll, we'll, end up, we'll end it there because that's a lovely place to end. So Imran, can you tell people where they can find you if they want to catch up with you? Yes, uh, you can find me on the internet. Uh, I am all over that. Uh, you can find me in real life as well if you want to stalk me. But I've got a girlfriend now and she's quite possessive, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's uh you can find me so if you go to imranyusuf.com that's my website the latest thing that i've had out is a radio 4 pilot which is available on uh, so if you've got access to iplayer or if you just youtube it it's called imran yusuf relabeled and it's um it's a pilot episode of me exploring the labels that define me and uh episode one the pilot episode is about being a man what does it mean to be a man and why you know with the experiences that i've had that make me say I'm a man. This is what it means. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's what it means to me. It's not what it necessarily means to, you know, lots of other people. Um, but there's plenty of stories in there about playing football in Jackie Chan films um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, you, you'd enjoy. Oh, so that's lovely. Uh, we'll put links in uh, below as well when it goes out on YouTube and it goes out on the on all of the podcast places. There'll be links and stuff to all your things as well. So you just click the link below or to the side, depending on how you're watching this. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us, Imran. Uh, this has been the Mental Health Bar and I've been Chris PG. Thank you very much, everyone. See you next week. Thank you.